Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt, and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Let's go in hard. What? Well, no loop. I'm not going to cut the no loop. I'm not going to cut this out, mate. Now it's going to stay in. Okay. Leave it in. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully after last week's episode that people are listening to, um, they, they, they'll know you won't care because it's all about you, wasn't it? And they obviously all heard all about your attitude to, to life. Just don't care. It's pointless, isn't it? Well, is that, is that been uploaded yet? No. Tomorrow. That, okay. Tomorrow, but obviously last week for people now listening to this one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes, because we record on a Sunday on a Sunday night, and obviously episode number fifty-two will be uploaded on the Monday tomorrow. But last week, if you're now listening to this, yeah, that's oh, weird. Like messing my head, man. Don't mess with my head. Can't can't take it. The podcast every day. This is my favorite format. Yeah. Or content or anything. If we just said, look, we won't do anything else but podcast seven days a week. Sound. Me too. That's probably because we'd have to prep. Well, very, very rarely do any prep, and we just like get to ramble a lot, which is nice. I quite like to talk about life as well. <laughs> <laughs> life, the NNN way. <laughs> Maybe we should branch out and have, like, you know, TED, TED Talks. They've got uh, various topics, different types, business, money, health, nutrition. You know, maybe we can do an NNN life one as well. That'd be quite cool. I, I should do it. I'm in for that. Yeah. Anything. How to we live do your what? life the NNN way. Wash your fucking hands when you go to the toilet. Don't yeah. don't park in children and baby uh, spaces at supermarkets unless you actually have an actual baby, not a fucking 10-year-old. Hate that. Does my nutting. Stop being a flannel. What's a... Well, I know what flannel is, but... Stop being a, f- a fanny, basically. What context is that? What are... What are what did I read yesterday? Oh, is this? Let me guess. Is it about uh, what's this thing? Uh, what's his name? Jenna? Uh, Christian? No, not Christian. Who's the dad? Who's now a woman? Dunno. You know, you know the Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, oh, Kendall, Candle, Candle's no, Jenna, Kendall Jenner. Not her. God, you, can tell we, you can tell we don't watch this shit. No, the the dad of the family, obviously the ex Olympian. Um, why can't I think of his freaking name? Oh man. Um, anyway, you know what I mean. Obviously, has gone through the change and turned into a woman. I thought you were going to say about the controversy around winning Woman of the Year or whatever it is, or transgender Woman of the Year. Because um, obviously, a lot of uproar the fact that he. Am I right in thinking? Or he, she, I should say now, um, ran over someone and killed them, and basically blamed his. Her, I don't sorry, I don't mean it's not. I'm not being disrespectful by saying his to any transgenders that might be listening. Sorry, I do mean her. I just yeah, it's hard for me to get my head around. Um, yeah, didn't he blame her situation? Like de- I don't know if it was depression or whatever, but saying that that that's, and obviously got away with it. It's a bit scummy, isn't it? You know, most people would go to prison. She she it. Deserves everything she gets. Yeah, I don't think he, you can. I don't think you can say it, mate. I think that is borderline transgenderist. I don't know, and I don't mean to be offensive, but he, she, whatever. If you're going to say that, I'd kill someone because I'm lost in my body. Like, stop taking a piss and take and take what's it called? Take responsibility. Yes, for your actions. Yeah, but, but, but that's, it, that's got nothing to do with the transgender bit, though. Is it? It's just the fact that no. she's a scumbag. Yes. Well, I was. 
It wasn't that actually. Okay. It was differences between other. They were about um, was it rewriting Snow White or some one of those or Cinderella because yes. it depicts that the man is saving woman. I thought, what world are we living in yeah. when there's families in the world who are worried or offended? But if you're offended by that, you're a complete. Dick. But but by can I just clarify by fannies you don't mean like gender specific fannies no, you just mean no. people that are a bit wet behind the ears yeah like you if you worry about that you 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 need to look at your life as a whole if you're worried about that you you're boring <laughs> I'm gonna quote you're that boring. it's like unbelievable it's like <laughs> I'm gonna people, quote that people obviously they, you go around the place and you say how are you from Wales oh. I was a sheep. I, I'm not offended by that. I don't care. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I never bit of banter. Like, it's like, there's too many fannies in the world. Honest to God. We live I, in a world for the just boring. I, yeah. Why do you everything? It's I like. Must, sorry, man. I was just going to say, I must admit, I do feel a little bit like there are a lot of people in this world that are more worried about finding a reason to be upset than actually being upset. Yeah. So like live your life, honest to God, like. But if 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 it's a disagreement, if John Peterson says right, if it's gonna be a disagreement, then you're probably gonna offend someone. That's just a way of a disagreement and finding facts and all that sort of stuff. Mm. It's just like oh, it's like unbelievable. It's like what's wrong with people? Yeah, because this has come about from when obviously again this kind of like gender specific stuff in terms of all, um, yeah, gender specific 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 stuff where they're saying about how. Um, what was it? Yeah, so man-sized tissues. Obviously, I can't. Remember what brand is it? Is it Kleenex? Oh, one of one of the Kleenex, I think, wasn't it? Saying, oh, they're going to have to change the name of that because obviously, it's, yeah, it's it's obviously kind of like a sexist brand. It's like, oh, fucking hell! Like seriously, I thought, why didn't the executive grow a pair and go? We ain't to doing that. If you don't want to use them, don't use them because they would. They're going to give it to the people who are. Who are would dickheads anyway we'll just probably complain and send them back for any little pointless reason and then you're going to get people who support them for saying hang about no it's a step too far I, we ain't doing it it's just uh, this yeah. is honestly got to be ridiculous what we live in it's ridiculous Johnny's, Johnny's not happy I'm not well, happy I, no I don't disagree though because you know everyone's been bringing up the examples of like oh well mother care better change their name to you know gender non-specific care or parent care parent care yeah it's like honest to god as if I'm offended by mother care like no care we call it mams are the best care <laughs> who cares yeah who cares no you're right well that's a good start to the podcast anyway at least totally relevant to the topic that's coming up but you know no well to be honest I think most people would probably like your rants more than they do the most of our content mate if I'm honest Maybe we should do at the start of every episode, I don't know, some sort of, not ramble, but some sort of life, something that's, an, not something that's annoyed you, but something that's piqued your interest. Okay, well, right. here's, some, here's something that's piqued my interest, and I'm going to put it to you at the very, very highly likely of a risk of you offending someone, or a lot of people, probably. Um, so here we go so I think this got brought up from the same uh, topic as obviously we just discussed where there was someone in one of the uh, red top papers 
I can't remember which one it was, but it doesn't really matter. Um, did an article on two transgenders, a, a couple that were parents, like biological parents of a child, and they were mm-hmm. both basically going through to change uh, sexes. So, so one was a man, got a woman, one was a woman, one to a man. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they were basically swapping, swapping sexes, because they both, I don't know, for whatever reason, felt like they were obviously not in the right bodies. They had a small child, which I can't remember the age, but I'm guessing off the top of my head, sort of in the, you know, very early digits. So two, three, I don't know, something like years of age. And they called it Star, a gender neutral name, because they basically wanted the child to be gender fluid, i.e. it can make its own mind up what sex it wants to be. Oh, God. What a pair of tricks. (laughs) Jesus. Honestly, it's, it's not, you're reckon, you're not reckon the kid's like, but it's like, just be normal. He's, he's already, he, is it a he, she, the kid? It is, I think, biologically, it's a boy. It has a penis. Like, look at, look what you're, look what you're doing to him already, like. You just put him at a disadvantage already. He's, he's called Star. He's going to get ruined in school. Don't they realise this? He's going to get picked on in school because of that name. Because kids are ruthless at a young age. Because they don't quite understand what they say, how it can impact on people. Mm. So they already find that kind of disadvantage because those two are forcing their views on their kid rather than that, that rather than that kid deciding for himself whatever he wants to do. It's like as a parent, you don't force your ideas on your kids. You give them the tools to be able to decide their own way of doing things. Yes, there's right and there's wrong. Those people are just a pair of dickheads like... They need a slap. Well, like, I think this is definitely going a bit too far and we do not advocate this type of stuff, but I do believe they were getting death threats and stuff like that, which is obviously not on. Um, No, they don't need need to die. They just need, like, a clip on the ear or say, sort your head out. Yeah. I, I mean, my opinion is probably similar to yours in that I don't feel it's very fair for the parents to make that type of call for someone because obviously that child can't understand the whole concept of it all at, at its age um, no. and I don't think that it's very fair to ha- for that child to have that upbringing where rightly or wrongly like you say there's very likely that they're going to grow up in an abnormal society um, when I say that what I mean is I suppose they're going to grow up abnormal in a society of what's considered normal um, rightly or wrongly, no, no. I'm not going to start to get into discussion about oh well, we, you know, whether that's that's that should be justified or not. But I think like the realis- realism of it is that people we do live in a society where, like you say, children can be freaking cruel, man, um, mm. and that could potentially have quite a severe impact on its upbringing. Um, going all through, you know, going all through because I guess I'm, I'm struggling to obviously get the words that I want because obviously it's such a like traumatic or quite an emotional topic but like that child could be bullied away through school it could um well who knows what could what could end up happening happening considering obviously the upbringing it might have and i think like even the the whole gender fluid thing in terms of let make up his own mind it sounds like on paper like yeah that's a really quite forward thinking and logical thing to do but I think it just feels very forced, and obviously, I don't know. I, I think that w- people in nowadays, and it's going to get even more so as we as we all, you know, generations get older. It's already got enough freedom on the most part. Don't get me wrong, bigotry and fucking that stuff still exists. I know I'm not not I'm not an idiot to kind of think that it doesn't, but 
I think there's already you know like movement heaps and bounds of movement and in terms of like the acceptable or acceptability in society around people's genders and transgenders and lesbians and gays and all that type of stuff so like why you have to kind of really over the top enforce it which it sounds like they are i don't know i just don't think it's very fair on a child like the, the parents themselves you know they're adult enough to to do whatever the hell they want you know and i and fair play to them you know i've got no issues with anyone that wants to do anything um you know consciously like they have but i think the child at that age is impressionable and you know got a lot of molding to happen over the next however many years of its um growing year or it's sorry his growing years but i say it um Yes, yeah, it's difficult. Anyway, I fucking rambled that, didn't I? It's just, I don't know what the world is. It's just like an, in any subject you talk about, even like nutrition, this trans stuff, everyone's so sensitive and so like, oh, it's it's in both. It's like people who are offended disregard fact and just say you've offended me so I can't talk to you about it. It's like, well, no, you tell me a fact that that um, could make me change my opinion based on the facts I've seen, whatever, it's like nutrition, or this works, I don't care if you say, regardless of the facts. It's like the transgender thing, there is only two sexes. Biologically speaking, that is a fact. You can't say because I've offended you that I will not argue, you can't argue because the fact is there's only male and there's only female. There is nothing in between, there is no other gender, unless you're alien. And I don't think there's any aliens in the world yet. Not that I know of. That we know of, yeah. So it's like, but it's like a nutrition, you know, the fact of the matter is, you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. And just because someone's done keto, they want to disregard the facts and just say, oh, you've offended me because you've called me whatever, I'm not going to speak to you. It's like, well, because you can't deny the facts. That's why you get offended and you can't speak and you go in your little hole and say, no, oh, that man offended me. Shut up. I think, obviously, like, again, just to carry out, I don't, neither of us are in any way qualified really to give our opinions or views on this so I don't know why we just did especially on a nutrition podcast but well, there's a person Jim and me who's gone from a male to a female I said I don't care it's like do whatever you want mm. don't care I don't don't care if you're gay lesbian transsexual whatever but the fact that remains that there are facts you have to adhere to yeah <laughs> sorry mate go on carry on cut you off didn't I that's all I tried to say I was finished I was just going to say like yeah, I guess like it, this is this this just to bring it back to where it should be about nutrition because obviously we are a nutrition podcast and we are nutritionists. We are not fucking sociologists or psychiatrists or I don't know anything to do. Yeah, <laughs> anything to do with what we've just talked about. So we are literally um, unqualified for that. However, bring it back to nutrition. It's a little bit like when people do talk about nutrition for children. Um, for the most part. You shouldn't really meddle too much with child nutrition, let's be honest, because, again, there's just so much development involved. It's quite difficult, and it's so multifaceted. You can't start saying, oh, the kids should eat and shouldn't eat like this. Yes, there's some very general, basic principles that children should follow, but, you know, you don't want to meddle too much, certainly when it comes to, like, some of the stuff we do with adults in terms of, like, effectively um, voluntarily starving yourself to lose weight and stuff like that. Um for aesthetics didn't, didn't a pair of vegans um, didn't they stop the kid having milk and all dairy and all that and the kid died from malnutrition it's like taking stupidity to the ultimate level it's like they should they should be killed those two should be, should be death penalty boshed to our 
you're not capable. Yeah, I, don't don't know. I can't say I can't say I heard that, but I think your child's health should be the number one priority over any ethical reason. Yes, and we both have kids, so we think we're quite, quite well placed. Yeah, to I mean, that's probably. I mean, this is obviously isn't the necessarily the topic we want to talk about today, but it's quite interesting. Like, I um, basically my child's nutrition is probably not what most people might expect a nutritionist's child to be like. As in, like she doesn't. She eats like every other kid. She doesn't eat chicken, broccoli, and rice, or she doesn't eat solely healthy foods all the time. Like she snacks on crisps every fucking day. Um, she eats fish fingers and beans for tea quite regularly you know that type of stuff you know I'm not we're not Hitler and I just think it's like you can try and manipulate a child's nutrition um, and to a certain extent I guess you are by trying to instill healthy habits because that is just by nature you're trying to manipulate it slightly Johnny's putting up a tin of powdered baby form now (laughs) Um, so yeah you can try and do stuff for the child but at the end of the day you kind of have to just just let things happen you know there's so many factors again that that kind of affects what your child will eat in terms of you know choices preferences environment etc you can't manipulate every single little factor i mean i had a conversation with someone yesterday at a meal um who's got a, a little girl who's a couple of months older than summer and they were talking about how she gets annoyed that her mother feeds her certain stuff and i've had that conversation with my mum actually already to say look i don't want her force feeding necessarily like hyper palatable stuff like a lot of kids do like chocolate and crisps all day and that type of stuff because it, there isn't really a need for a child at, at you know one two years of age to have a lot of that stuff i appreciate when they go to school the environment then changes and it's a lot difficult to then restrict it but that age is not too much reason to have it that being said summer still does have it i just don't want it to be mm. in regular occurrence because for all the things we know about in terms of how junk food hyper palatable stuff does affect people's appetite and um eating habits as they get older so, yeah, I kind of want to restrict it to a little bit. So we had this conversation around, uh, oh, how do you deal with that? Because obviously you kind of, you know, you tell, you, tell your, your mother to stop doing it, but if they still do it, and they, like, especially in her situation where her mum looks after her child, like, as childminding two, three, four days a week or something like that, obviously she's got a lot of time alone with her where she does just feed her like chocolate buttons and crisps and stuff. So, um, yeah, and I think, you know, go on. But you've got packets now, packets of like- just of chicken and veg mm. in the packet. Mm. It's easier because what Eliza does now is she take the packet and squeeze it out. She just rather than warm it up because we can eat them cold. You just squeeze it into her mouth, so yeah. she's she can feed herself just by just squeezing this whatever it may be, chicken, whatever, beef, veg, whatever. So it's like that's just as easy as giving them a packet of buttons. Yeah. It's not it, feed them that. It's not an easy thing. Like it, it's, I think it's just like. Grandparents like to spoil their children, don't they? That's true, yeah. So, and they look at giving them stuff they're obviously going to going to enjoy a lot. They look at that as spoiling them, and they want to spoil them all the time. You know, it's not a little bit. They don't want to just give them a treat every now and then. They want to spoil them all the time, which is you know, and the, the the psychology of it is a completely understandable. But you know, I don't think that's necessarily setting that child up for the best. But I mean, even that's a stretching statement. Don't get me wrong, I know because obviously you don't really know. Um, you know, just because someone feeds children. Know, what you consider junk food as a, at a young age doesn't mean they're going to grow up to have a very poor diet you, you don't really know but i guess i don't want to necessarily take not take that risk but i don't you know i don't want to i don't want to force that and no. you know i think there's just better better more healthy habits you can do anyway oh, yeah. 
another another tangent about child nutrition we're kind of going on it was like the, the priority of of kidney nutrition is they they develop it, don't they? Mm. So I give them a huge variety of food, so they get the they get different textures, different tastes, different. Well, obviously, they look at different foods like what's this, what's pasta, what's oatmeal, what's chicken, blah 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 blah. And it's about them learning different foods, different tastes. It's not about oh, there's whatever calories in that chocolate bar, or whatever. So like Eliza has pasta, broccoli, chicken, milk, fruit. Snacks on the baby snacks, so there's crisps and there's chocolate buttons. There's loads of there's just a huge variety because I want that now. Oh, she she's not gonna have McDonald's, like obviously, like, but I'm not gonna stop what I go. I want like she's seen a rice cake, chocolate rice cake, so she points to it. So you are having it only a little bit just so she can taste and there's a variety of mm. everything she wants because it's like when they're young. It's like obviously you don't want to be like, oh, you've got to be doing this many calories. You've got to be in a calorie deficit or whatever. That's just that's just like insane, isn't it? Well, it's going to be in a calorie surplus because we want you to grow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like make sure they cover all bases, plenty variety. The priority in a kid is not, you know, it's not feeding them like chicken and broccoli and making sure they eat quote unquote healthy. Yeah. Because it's like growing, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I think like the priority should really be just make sure they get as much good nutrition as you possibly can in them around their preferences. And, you know, Summer's definitely a baby that if you try and feed her something you don't want, she ain't having it. Like, it'll either go in and come straight back out again or it won't go in. With with Eliza, she doesn't... I think I've only seen her not like one thing. She eats everything. She eats in the spring and the end before raw bush and it goes peppers bush raw have it cucumber tomatoes whatever just eat everything i I think someone likes most stuff but there are some foods that she just not just not interesting she'll go in her mouth she'll chew it a bit and just give nah that's come straight out just fall down the front um she throw food she doesn't pick up food and throw it no she just she'll she does sometimes pick stuff off her plate if she don't want it and she'll drop it over the side as in, like, get off my plate, and yeah. just lay it on the floor. She does that. Yeah. Like, she could have the dog hangs about, and when she sees the dog, she'll go. Yeah, we haven't, got, we haven't got a dog, so we don't have that, but then you might as well have a dog, because that's, that's, that's the same thing. She's literally, she'll, she'll just pick off the plate and be like, yeah, I don't want that. So that just, just goes on the floor on the side. Ah. Yeah, it's funny. But she doesn't, she doesn't throw stuff across the room. She doesn't, like, chuck it or lob it, which is a good thing. Like the other day, well, we were walking earlier in the pram, and it's like a little green, I think they're called like the crisps, they're made of like peas and oh. strange concoction, right? Yeah. All I see was this green thing just fly out of the pram. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you shot. Don't want to see that one. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but kids seem to do it with everything, though. Like she does it with her water bottle sometimes. She'll just, just put a water bottle hand over the side of the push chair and just drop it all the time. Yeah. Or toys, just chuck stuff over the side. I'm like, oh, forever picking stuff up. Just stop it. In the end, I just take off it. You don't have it anymore. I'm not keep doing this. This is a shit game. <laughs> um, Shall we, we actually get on with some content? Because we're now 20 minutes in and we've talked about nothing we should have talked about. Nothing. It's a good content, I reckon. Well, it's just, it, hopefully people listen to us because they like listening to us, not because we have that much good shit to say because half the time we don't. We just ramble about. 
anything. So, uh, yeah, today we really want to talk about priorities, I guess. And we didn't really know how, in what context or how this was going to kind of like qualify itself out. But um, it'll probably be like the, the first 20 minutes of this podcast and just to be a big fucking ramble about nothing. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, I guess like the... I don't know, maybe maybe I will uh, lay down the context of what we mean by priorities in that people will probably understand, a lot of people listening might understand this in that they have set a goal, whatever it is. So let's just kind of say that for most people that are listening is most likely uh, going to be weight loss. So they might have set a goal to say, I want to lose weight. And they find themselves going towards that goal, putting in some, some of the the. the the, the healthy habits they need to do to get towards that goal and then they find their motivation waning something happens and they end up i suppose doing stuff that isn't intuitive to that goal so they do something that's counterintuitive i.e binging or something along that lines and then they get back to it after feeling a bit guilty and they go i think i need to reset again um i've had a terrible week but i just need to get back on it which on the on the face of things isn't the worst thing because obviously that is what you need to do whenever you have any failure you need to get rid of that failure and you need to get back on to that horse and start again fair yeah fair or take your loop your failures exactly always now the problem does a lot uh, arise sorry when and we see it obviously regularly as a coach don't we john in in this and that it can be quite frustrating but the problem does arise when people continually seem to re-reset and say every monday or just constantly like never get anywhere and spin their wheels because they are resetting after resetting after resetting. And that just comes back to the the statement you just made about learning from your failures that often people don't seem to learn. And it can be very frustrating as a coach. So we want to talk around priorities and why people need to really have a look at their motivations and really kind of realise what are their priorities in life in terms of uh, their goal, I suppose. Is that, is that kind of some good context of what we want to talk about? Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good summary of what's going. To now the question, be- I suppose, with that, then the question is, how are we going to, how are we going to tackle this? So we know, we know the type of situation. I suppose, like it's kind of a bit like where. So actually, Johnny, I'm going to put it interview style. So you have a client that is in that situation. What's what's your first initial approach? For, for weight for weight loss. Yeah, we're gonna let's say in that situation. So we're assuming that they're they're a weight loss client, and they've just been consistent continuously resetting, because they seem to continuously fall off the wagon and have to restart again every, let's say every Monday. So, from that situation, whatever they are doing currently, whether that be if they if they just track calories, or they're doing some sort of. So if they come to you and they've been doing that, they got, they're doing some generic diet, clearly what they do it does not work. Whatever diet they currently follow does not work. Or they could be, say they are counting calories and they are aware that, oh, I need to be in deficit to lose weight. Then what you're doing, clearly the deficit that you've put yourself in could well be too severe and you can't sustain it. Um, just need to look at those two things first. You see, look, Let's just see what you eat over six or seven days, probably a week. Well, really, you could do over three or four days and get the, get the right picture because people lie after three days, after three to four days. So do over three to four days. What uh, do you follow? And if, say, if someone's following a keto diet, which is the thing, or intermittent fasting or whatever, right, 
I've got, I'm doing a keto diet, but every Saturday we have a planned day out with the family where we go to X place. You're already fucked. Because when you go out, in, when you're on keto, going out and about and not taking anything with you, you're going to fail, more than likely, because where can you go that's zero carb for food? Nowhere, really, you know, in terms of, like, restaurants and things like that. So you look at that, right, your priorities now is, in that situation, is to change your approach. Keto is not going to work for that approach. You've got a family, you do things in the weekend, your diet is not sustainable for what you want for weight loss. So then you'd go, right, this is what your life is. You do this on the weekend with your family, you go trampoline and you go for food after somewhere, or if it's sunny, you go to the beach and you have an ice cream. Keto is clearly not the right way to do it. Then you just go, right, let's change the approach to something that you can stick to. Because the fundamental thing is when you know you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, when you know this, then the second question is, how can you set this diet up to facilitate optimal weight loss for you where you can stick to the diet and it gives you weight loss? If you don't know that a calorie deficit is needed to lose weight, then you first need to find that out, or I would tell you, this is what facilitates weight loss. When you know that, you can select your own method that's best for you. So the priorities, depending on whether you know your calories or not, if you know about calories, the priority is find a diet that you can stick to. Because if you can't stick to it, it doesn't matter how perfect it is, it ain't working. And if you don't know the principle of weight loss, then the priority is to get educated on, right, the priorities are being in a calorie deficit. We do this by blah, 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 blah. So if someone's constantly resetting because they don't understand they need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight and all they're doing is eating um, what the magazines tell them, what the TV programs tell them. So maybe chicken, salmon, fruit, veg, which is fine, fine. But when it becomes so restrictive that you can't stick to it and every Saturday you go for the wagon, then you need to address that. Look, as long as calories are in check, then you can include things like chocolate and wine and whatever. So then diet becomes almost easier, less restrictive, so they don't feel like they need to binge on a weekend and restart on a Monday again. And just like the keto situation, if they do understand that you need to be in a cow deficit to lose weight, but the method they're using to put us in that deficit is not optimal for them and they're binging because they don't eat any carbs and they crave carbs in the weekend and restart Monday, then you need to revisit that and say, right, well, actually, why can't you do intermittent fasting or whatever? So then you save some of these calories for the afternoon where you eat more, so you stay on track. So it depends, it depends where they are in, like, knowledge and what the priorities would be mm-hmm. on their specific situation. Do you know what I mean? If, if someone goes out every, I don't know, every Saturday for a, for a for a couple of drinks with their mates because they only see me once a week, whatever. But then the priority would be, right, how can we save calories for that time? And what can we do with a drink to minimise 
the calorie impact that it's going to have. Mm-hmm. Just, it does depend on like the specific scenario because the priorities could be different. Yeah, well, as in, like, so I suppose that it could. It very much depends on the specific scenario or trigger of why. Yeah. The binge or the overeat because obviously the reason they reset is because they're binging overeating in some way. Yeah. You know, because obviously the reset it by definition is I'm having to reset what I'm doing and go back to my plan so I keep going off plan, i.e. binging. Yeah. So But yeah. if you if you pick up this if you pick up like actually this person is emotionally attached to as an emotional event and they're binging because of this and what what you what they they do they still do it, then your priority is to probably refer them to a psychologist to go, right, let's, let's deal with the event that's causing these issues, and then you can consider diving from there. Because there are people who just agree to disorders, and your priority is there, and not, don't worry about calories, don't worry about diets. Like, right, go and see a professional in psychology and eating disorders, get that rectified. Because there obviously there is that, which is a serious. Is, is it bulimia? Is it the highest death rate? Is it bulimia of the eating disorders? Uh, pretty sure. I can't remember actually. Yeah, maybe. I'm pretty sure it's bulimia. So, if someone's going to eat in disorder, then the priority then is to refer out to a professional, and then you could work alongside the professional, and they go right. You you can do this, this, and this with them, but let me deal with this, this, and this. That's the priority in that situation. Mm-hmm. Health. And clearly, if you believe make them the risk of well, being the, there's a higher risk of death, then clearly the one's easier. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's um I want to say contentious point. I don't know if it is contentious really, but I guess the actual definitions of a binge eating disorder, or not the definitions, the symptoms of a binge eating disorder, are actually quite a quite a low barrier. That makes mm. sense. Um, like I think basically what I'm saying is a lot of people might have a lot of the symptoms of what you would say binge eating disorder is, even though you might not think they have a. You know, oh, I've definitely not got an, a, an eating disorder, no chance. But when you read some of the symptoms, so like some of them are obviously things like you eat very fast, or you eat until you feel uncontrollably full, or you eat when you're not hungry, you eat alone or secretly. Um, or you kind of get depressive or guilty or shamed feelings or disgust after eating. Um, and obviously, a lot of us probably suffer from one or more of those things, which would be very much warning signs of binge eating disorders. So that's kind of like, it's a it's a interesting topic of conversation. Yeah, because I think a lot of us would never, ever even consider that we have a binge eating disorder, where if you go just by the definitions and the symptoms, probably a lot, lot, lot of people do. Um, certainly borderline, you know, disordered eating type of behaviours because obviously it's like, well, you know, we all, I, I'm very one that I sometimes chase that uncomfortably full feeling and I obviously do eat when I'm not necessarily hungry and I think also when you've certainly got physique goals um, or you're trying to lose weight, I think sometimes when you do go off plan, that feeling of depression or feeling guilty about or ashamed of, of foods is, is sometimes inevitable. You know, some, mm. some of us might feel we have the best relationship with food, but actually when we overeat, there are still feelings of guilt creeping even with me now sometimes. I suppose I'm just very much better at checking myself and going, oh, actually, don't be silly. It's just food. Um, you made that choice easily get back on track and i know obviously it's so short term a lot of the stuff that i then kind of they they, they 
they subside quite quickly the guilt feelings with me whereas with someone else they might not because you know I've kind of worked through a lot of those things but I think it's like interesting that you brought it up because I think where where would you refer someone to a psych not where sorry when would you refer someone to a psychologist because actually I feel like you'd be referring half your client base or more or yeah. like half the people you know to someone if based on those symptoms yeah that's true I think maybe you look at it I think you probably have to know someone quite quite well wouldn't you yeah, of, yeah, definitely. Obviously, how they look. Obviously, they're overly skinny. And they still look at the diet. You're thinking, man, about now, this is alarm bell. Yeah. But then you're looking at, like, visual aspects. And you're like, are they, are they, like, five foot nine and, like, seven stone? But they still think they're overweight and they need to lose weight. And you're thinking, oh, man, about now, there's an alarm bell. Yeah. Mm. To me, they'd be like, oh, well, Yeah. You may want to pass that on because, like, well, especially if they, if they send you pictures and they're like clearly skinny and they still want to lose weight, it's like, well, this is either the start of a bad road or they're already in the middle of this bad road. So then it's like tough. It's like, but then if you refer to someone, do they go to that? Well, that's, yeah, it's hard. I suppose that's down to them as well, isn't it? But and you can't, as a professor, you couldn't, um, legally speaking, give them advice because you if they if you can see that they're going, well, you could see it, can you? If they just get any, they want to lose weight, then there is an issue there. It's like if you take them on, it's like, well, you can't. So what do you do? Yeah, do I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a legal thing. It's probably more of an ethical thing, isn't it? Like morally, yeah. you shouldn't. Yeah. You should yeah. be referring them on, saying, "Look, you're outside the scope of practice, and I need you to refer you to a specialist." So I think it would be a better place to help you. And obviously, mm-hmm. that might be really difficult for them to hear you saying, "I think you need to go see a." a doctor and a psychologist to obviously refer to them because obviously no one wants to be told you know that type of of message so it is very difficult i think i mean let's let's bring it back to uh obviously the the case in point in terms of so yeah the the is very individual in terms of that trigger of why people are needing to reset so obviously the yeah you know whatever the advice is or the support you're going to give is going to vary very much into individual between those people what if it's kind of like not necessarily someone that doesn't have a diet structure that doesn't fit them, i.e., you know, maybe someone that has followed a lot of advice you might have given where you've allowed them to have a, a slightly more flexible approach. You've kind of worked with them to, to have a strategy that probably does fit their lifestyle, but inevitably because the whole point of a diet does have to include some form of restriction and obviously for a lot of people calories are restricted to a point where they are hungry and and a lot less than they used to eating and that is triggering off binges is there anything you can do to 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 help people there in terms of uh i suppose either helping them stick to their diet or getting them to don't you heard that that's my home pod in my kitchen siri is talking to me that's really annoying isn't it yeah. <laughs> i don't know even what she said um <laughs> siri What's the weather like today? Oh, it's pissing down. <laughs> it's currently cloudy and 15 degrees in Norwich. Oh. Temperatures are heading down from 15 degrees to 13 tonight. Fucking hell. Look at that. Technology nowadays, eh, Johnny? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so, yeah, is there anything you can do to help those types of individuals? Or um, do we want to get on to kind of part of the gripe that we... I suppose want to talk about in terms of like just priorities. So the first thing, so if someone's because, as you say, by 
by definition, calorie deficit, you're restricted, so you're going to be hungry. Then you can look at food volume. So veg is low calorie for high volume. So do you consume enough veg for one? Yeah. Then things like, right, oh, I love fruit. Slimming world, love bananas because they're free apparently. However, not mashed. Oh, yeah, not mashed. So someone's eating a banana right on on this cereal or whatever. Right, can you shop in the raspberries? Because they're less calories. And then you've got water intake. So can you consume water before meal and during a meal so you, you feel full up? Do you have enough protein? Do you consume enough protein a day? Have you got enough protein servings? And then you can look at things like restricting food uh, windows, so fasting, essentially. So you essentially have, you feel like you have a bigger, maybe two big meals, and it doesn't feel like you're that restrictive, but your calories are still low. So those are things you can look at if someone's still struggling with lower calories. But then, obviously, there is only so much you can do, and it depends where you're going with your diet. Like, if you're physique or bodybuilding, then you are going to be hungry. There's literally, is there really anything you can do apart from drugs, which negatively affect whatever? Mm. That, I mean, you're going to be hungry, aren't you? That's just, I mean, when you come down to I just because I think that applies to not just bodybuilders. I know what you're saying, like, inevitably, when you're getting your body to a certain level of leanness, it probably gets to a point where you're probably hungry more often than you're not. Um, and obviously, you're the actual intensity or level of that hunger is going to be a lot higher as well but i think even for for your average joe dying to lose a few pounds yes it'd be easier and for certainly at the start of a diet you probably shouldn't be considering that you or shouldn't be sorry experiencing really severe hunger pangs but i think there's inevitable there is an inevitability if i can fucking speak jesus this code is getting to me um inevitability of a hung or hungry periods so yeah, they're going to be. And I think as much as you can use strategies like um, food volume, protein, water, blah, 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 intermittent fasting, there obviously is an element of willpower and there is an element of, well, why am I doing the thing I'm doing? Mm. Like if you're obese and you're struggling and you're still technically obese, then it's like you're, you should be doing it to prolong your life for health, so you want to be healthier. And it's like, if you're a bodybuilder, it's like, well, I'm doing this because I want to be the best bodybuilder. I want to be on stage, I want to earn money, blah, 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 whatever. Or you do it for a job. If you're a fitness model, on a model, then you have to be in a certain condition. So you have to think, well, I'm hungry, but why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm doing this because I'm going to be on the cover of X magazine, and I'm going to get paid 10 grand or whatever. So there is an element of you need to be ready to change. Um, you need to know why you're dieting, what for. Is it physique goals? Is it health goals? All that sort of stuff. Um, and you do need some willpower. I mean, inevitably, I know we've all got limited willpower. and We try not to tax willpower too much by like slamming the calorie deficit so massive at the start that you just wrecked after a fortnight. But there is an element of willpower, especially when you get further and further into a diet. And 
having a slip up now and again, it's probably normal. But if it's multiple times a week or every week, then obviously you go back to what we said before about you need to look at priorities, what you're doing, why you're doing it, what your goals are. And I'm just being a bit like, what word am I trying to, trying to find? Mm. I think you just need a center, you just need to sack it up. I'm just like, you're hungry and that's just the way it is. And if you want to get to your goals, you're going to have to be angry. Yeah. Exactly. I do, I do think there's definitely very much a, you have to have a level of acceptance that, mm. you know, at times you'll be hungry. And I think you have to accept that, you have to almost accept that hunger as, I think something, um, I remember Dan Meek, obviously who we had on with Mike, that talked about on one of his podcasts, because obviously he's got his own podcast before, where almost... You, the acceptance of that hunger is like a positive thing because you're like, well, actually, you know, I'm hungry. It means it's work. The diet is working. I'm supposed mm. to be hungry. You know, the, my body is saying it, it's, it's running out of energy. Therefore, I eat a calorie deficit. You know, so it should be eating its own body fat. You know, to kind of turn to obviously survive. So that's one one way of I suppose positively reframing it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I mean, a bit. I just also want to comment on is like the the priority thing in terms of. Kind of like really assessing your motivation. I, I like the fact you brought up because I think that's key. Kind of really looking at like why you're doing it. Um, I think the problem is sometimes when your your goal or your reason or your why, your motivation is like a something so far in the future. So let's take like the, getting the body of your dreams. That doesn't happen in two days. So you don't you like you can all the things you need to do to get to that. You do. And you don't suddenly go right. I'm rewarded by having that body in two days. We have to obviously have this this delayed gratification almost where because it takes months or sometimes years for people to obviously achieve the physique they want. So I guess like some of the things that I sometimes do um, and some I stole from James Clear who um, was he, actually if anyone's randomly he was actually on Danny Lennon's podcast Sigma Nutrition uh, recently talking about kind of habits and building habits to obviously sustain like a healthy lifestyle etc so something he's kind of coined up a couple of times obviously he didn't come up with a term but it's just something that he's used a lot it's something called temptation bundling which i quite like the idea of and something i've used with clients before and it basically just means like linking an action you want to do with an action that you need to do and i remember like and i, I don't know if he did bring it on the podcast or not but the an example he's used before was saying that um someone uh i can't remember who it was whether it was a client of his or just you know a study or i don't, I don't be honest i don't really, i don't know i can't remember the, the actual concept of it as such but basically someone programmed a laptop to a stationary bike and that so because obviously you want to lose weight so he basically programmed it so that the netflix program he wanted to watch only ran if he was cycling at a certain speed and if he slowed down for too long whatever show he's watching would just pause until he started pedaling again so that is like basically a really prime example of temptation bundling so he basically bundled something he needed to do i.e the cycling to expend calories to lose weight with an action he wanted to do i.e watch a netflix program and i thought that's quite a cool thing and obviously that can be applied to anything but i think it's really quite a useful thing to kind of the concept is really this temptation bundle is bring in a uh, a reward forward so obviously because the reward the, the the overall massive reward is the body you want 
but we can't bring that forward. It just takes too much time. So you have to find something else to bring to the present moment from the future. So that reward can easily be something else you like doing, i.e. like this guy watching his Netflix. So he managed to like cycle for a reward now. That makes sense. So you can kind of do that with a lot of stuff. Um, trying to think of a, of a good, more relevant example than just Netflix and a laptop, because I guess most people aren't going to be able to control their or connect their laptop to their their bike, because <laughs> I wouldn't have a fucking Scooby. Listen to you to run a treadmill. I'm watching you to run a treadmill. Yeah, but obviously you, you kind of like he, he obviously programmed it so that it only worked that way. So he had no choice. But like you know, a lot of people who lazy just get off and watch YouTube anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I, I'm doing a treadmill, or I'm doing cardio. I'm just going to put a, just put a podcast on that you can watch, like a like a Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. You know, be quite interesting. Yeah. But I think it's find a topic you're interested in as well because you're more into it and things go when you're into something. Time seems to go quick, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I've done that well. I'm just listening to some interesting topic that I've learned something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, to be fair, I mean, that's still relevant, I guess. And that's a lot, a lot of people do it with things like just any reward. Like, if I would go to the gym today, then I'll reward myself with a massage later. Something I really enjoy. Or like straight afterwards, that type of thing. And obviously, that's still a form of temptation bundling, I guess. Yeah, I think so. So I just I think that's that's kind of brings down to this whole motivation and priorities thing I think in a way of bringing a future reward kind of something a bit more to present which is obviously what James had talked about before um, is by doing stuff like that I just thought it was quite a, a nice habit I think something that's really applicable for people to try. Yeah, it's a really nice one, isn't it? It's a really nice way you described it. Yeah, and I think if it, if like people want to know more. I'm sure uh, if you just Google temptation bundling James Clear or something on that lines, I remember he's got a really good article about it online somewhere, so have a look. Um, but yeah, so um, inevitably, a lot of the time, just going back to your point, it does come down to priorities, and some people just aren't really ready or have that priorities, because sites tie tangent, but it does annoy me often that you have conversations with people that want something, but they come up with excuses why, you know, oh, I... I I want to lose weight but I can't do it because people always bring donuts into the office and I don't have time to go to the gym and that type of stuff and none of it in my opinion is factually true in that most of it just comes down to that they prioritise because you know the, the whole issue of like time when people say I don't have time to go to the gym but they have time to watch Love Island on TV or they have time to do other stuff it's kind of like well that's just priorities it's not you don't have time because unless you're working for 18 hours a day and sleeping the other 8 hours a day you have time. You you can find time. Most people like no no most people have some there are a few people that obviously lives are so hectic that they don't have time to find forty five minutes, half an hour in a day to do some exercise or something like that. But when it comes to nutrition, ironically, it doesn't take any more time um to obviously pick better choices. That's a conversation I actually had just today with, with one of my clients in a check in around to a bit, little bit too much junk food starting to creep into their diet, um, and the the excuses often I didn't have time to food prep or I was out and about and stuff. And for me, it's kind of like, well, it doesn't take any more time necessarily to have some cooked chicken, some vegetables, some fruits, or something from a supermarket, which is a far better nutritional profile, um, really good macros, as opposed to grabbing a McDonald's, because it's the same time effort. It's just you made that choice. So it just comes down to priorities again. Yeah. And considering, obviously, money dependent, 
because obviously convenience usually costs. It's like you get these. Is it? Ah, oh, is it John West? In, like a bag, like like a, like a rice, like a pack of rice infused, whatever they called. It's tuna and veg, and some little rice in a bag. Open the bag. Or quinoa. In if you have to. It's like well, that's that you don't you open a pack. That's it. It's all you do. I know it's like one fifty a pack, whatever it is. But with the age of convenience that we've got, then it sort of you don't even have to food prep. But you, in general, you should food prep to get in the habit of doing and making your own, your own meals. But on the go, it doesn't matter if you have food prep because there's things you can buy that are not McDonald's and like eight hundred calories. Mm-hmm. I think. I think those in people like I think I had one earlier, tuna and was it tuna and cus cus or whatever it was, two hundred fifty calories. Mm-hmm. Protein's a little bit light. However, if your aim is weight loss, that is better than an eight hundred calorie Big Mac. Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, it's not like it wouldn't be that uh, difficult to add a little bit of protein to it. Well, yeah, protein bar. Yeah. Or oh, some cooked uh, chicken, or anything, you know, or some a bloody glass of milk, you know. Yeah, I think, especially if if money is not tight, then and you it doesn't matter that you spend two pound a protein bar, then there's literally no excuse for I'm unprepared. It's like, well, just go into. The, I mean, even shell garages. And most petrol garages now carry like grenade carb killer bars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just go and grab them. It's like, come on. Yeah. I don't understand people going to McDonald's and again, right? Fair enough. But just don't make an excuse for, for having it. Just say, look, I wanted a McDonald's. I don't know It was there. I had it. Yeah. But the, like, thing, the, yeah. the, th- the thing is, people with the right mindset in that um, would probably say I want McDonald's and had it but they would then make the right adjustments within their diet to account for it and not go off plan obviously there are a lot of other people that are then going off plan um, and this isn't this isn't like just in case he listens this isn't my client we're talking about this is a completely different scenario because he's not going off plan he is actually making adjustments for the most part on, on having it it's just for me I didn't like to see as much as a percentage of his diet creeping into junk food anyway so bye yeah. bye so Anyway, so I guess like the the people we're talking about are the likes that would wouldn't they would go off plan because they would just go and binge and just think fuck it, frighten the fuck it, fuck it, I'm just going to go to McDonald's, and then they're the ones that then turn around saying, oh, I had a really shit week this week, um, really need to get back on it, that was terrible, and I know of I know I've not not done very well, but oh, I'm going to do better this week, and that lasts three days before that they have basically that same message, and obviously that's where it you know the the hard hitting fact, so we've kind of skirted around a lot of it but the hard hit in fact does inevitably come down to just sort your priorities out 100% yeah sort your priorities out because you know we've given examples as to if people made it a priority they would do the things we've just said but if people that don't make it a priority they won't and they'll just keep resetting and never get anywhere yeah 100% you need to you need to commit I think also I think it was Mike Israel said it this is a bit obviously slightly different because he deals with like bodybuilders mostly, isn't he? And he's talking about <clears throat> food palatability and he said, you may as well just stick to quote-unquote clean eating and just stay, he calls it the dark. Stay in the dark. 
just leave it. You're in there, just stay in there until you need to come out. And he told me, like, having sort of cheap meals and cheap days and being too flexible. He said, when you come out of that and you get a bit of light and you get the cheap meal or you get the, this person could be having the wine because they're stressed or whatever, then that sort of kicks off, right, I'm hungry for this shit. And then you've had it. Mm. You're going to have it and you're back to square one. Oh, I start again Monday, I'm hardcore, Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday, something happens. And, oh, well, I'm asked out, whatever. It's like sometimes if you really have serious goals of X amount of weight loss, then sometimes it's better to go, right, everyone, I'm doing this for 12 weeks, 16 weeks. I'm going to live like this because my priorities is this weight loss because it's really important to me. I'm going to stay, quote unquote, in the dark with my diet just to smash it and get to where I need to be. And then... Because obviously with the with the what's it called with the popularity of flexible dieting, I think people sort of miss the bunch of trees. Oh yeah, I can eat what I want. But then they seem to think, Oh, I can eat what I want, but as much as I want. And it's like they don't want to cut things out. It's like, well, you still have to. So sometimes it's better to go no spit off bit off on a tangent a bit, but no, Just... no, no, no. To be fair, like I, I heard Mike talk about that on the Fitness Devil podcast. Um, so oh, it's not a podcast, yeah, but yeah, he's talked about it before. Yeah, he talked about it a lot. I mean, to be fair, I put out quite a lot of content of late over the past few weeks, actually, around food variety and vari- variability, um, and how reducing it in a dieting phase does help massively. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's something that I've kind of really advocated a lot of late and i think like hearing mike talk about it on so if anyone is interested if you uh, search the fitness devil on your podcast um what's the word platform platform yeah yeah i was gonna say no. provider provider that's what i was looking for right um but platform same yeah that's just as good and i think it was episode number 59 by looks of it because i'm looking at my recently played which was three uh podcasts ago and obviously yeah james hoffman and mike Gisell, both obviously of renaissance periodization and uh the episode's called lock stock and two smoking me heads which i quite liked but yeah mike towards the end i remember him talking exactly what you've just said mate around juicing food palatability and variety and staying that dark side can help loads of people in terms of adherence and adhering to diet because let's be honest no one overeats on broccoli and chicken um, you don't. No, and not 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 that it has to be that quite that bad. Because yeah. also, I think if you only ate that, you know, you kind of got the whole clean eating binging thing that will eventually happen over time. However, finding this is where there's a bit. Uh, not I wouldn't go as far as say middle ground, but I do feel like. And if you check my Instagram only this morning, it's like it's prepped. Um, I put a picture of my lunch, which basically said along the lines of finding a meal that you enjoy but isn't too much or too enjoyable can be a very good place to be in terms of sticking to your diet because you know plenty of foods taste good and you can survive off them and not feel too uh, restricted like you're having you know really boring bland foods um but it's when you then go over to find foods that taste really good because the foods that taste really good inevitably you want to eat more of them so finding something and i think the meal that i posted was just something like um grilled chicken some homemade potato wedges uh and some sprouts bacon and cauliflower or something so you know that, that was a really enjoyable meal it was a nice meal but you know it's not a burger and chips don't get me wrong but they're the types of meals where they satisfy you enough 
on the palatability front, but not so much where they really make you feel like I want to eat loads of it. And that's a really good place to be. So if you can find that place, then um, I think you're in a winner. So should we, uh, should we round up there, mate? Have we got anything else to add? I was really going to say, well, I was in the, in the best ship ever, was I would have meals that were nice to eat, but I wouldn't, wouldn't eat dinner all day, every day. But it'd be <clears throat> like make your own uh, like root veg mash, which is loads of it. Yeah. Like, a, like a little packs of sweet potato from like Tesco's or Morrison's. Yeah. One of those, loads of chicken and like loads of like, green beans to me. It was like a nice, enjoyable meal that filled you up. And it felt like a load because there's yeah. so much fiber in there. Loads of proteins I got. That's basically, that's basically my lunch every day. Like it's clean, quote unquote. Yeah. But it's basically, my, basically like eighty percent of my meals because they do the job. Like, you know, they they they're tasty but not too tasty. They're really filling and they don't make me want to massively overeat. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, they get the job done. Yeah. Cool. Right. Let's round up there then, mate. Because um, we nearly hit the hour mark, so. I don't think we've got anything to plug, had Just usuals, I suppose. Maybe, like, if uh, people haven't left a review, um, don't review us on the, the stuff about transgender. It's a load of, you know, we're, we're not qualified, and be fair, most people are going to be massively offended, so don't review us on that. But if you think any of the rest of the stuff is good, then, yeah, please, yeah. obviously, do, the, do us the honour of leaving us an iTunes review or share within your network. Tell your friends and family, etc., to listen if you think anyone might benefit of some of the, the tips and hints we give. Join the Facebook group, No Nonsense Nutrition, on Facebook. Um, no Nonsense Nutrition on Instagram. Um, and if anyone wants to find any of us individually, then you'll find us from the No Nonsense Nutrition one. So, Yes. Anything else? No, I think we've covered, covered all bases, I think. Cool. Right. Let's, uh, let's sign out there, mate. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. So uh, I will speak to you probably later on tonight. I would say, I would say that as a as accurate statement. Yes. Right, bonjour. Toodle pip. Toodle pip. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.